Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch we are counseling on LifeFest 2023. I love this festival. I love playing music at this festival. I love bringing my family. I love the community. I love this festival. Of these 25 years of LifeFest, I've been to 17 of them in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. In 2000, I was there to play with Echelon. In 2004 through 2007, I played with Second Adam. In 2008, I played with Echelon and Lynn Stone King. And in 2012 until now, I have driven the 1,300 miles up to play with Echelon, Lynn Stone King, Swin and Dean, and Jonathan Kane of the Hall of Fame rock and roll band Journey. I've played electric, acoustic, mandolin, bass, and drums. I've been an artist on their Grandstand, Edge, Pit, Kid Zone, Prayer Journey, Expo, and Bonfire stages. I've been the most used artist every year I've been there, and I love doing it. But what shenanigans happened this year? Is it okay to teach your kid how to do a B&E? Why was Matthew West throwing cheese curds? Does LifeFest hate TVs? How awesome was it to play the grandstand again? Is there a reason why we need a keeper of the keys? What does it mean to pull a snake? And sketchy trailers. Well, we're not going to Mexico. Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Owen on the Tweed Couch. Well, Owen, thank you so much for being here on the couch to talk about Life Fest. Now, this is probably like the fourth or fifth time that we have done a Life Fest type of, I don't know, a debriefing, but this time there was a lot more going on. So thank you for being here on the couch. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I mean, this year was pretty hectic before, during, and even after Life Fest. Yeah. All right, well, let's go ahead and let's get started with it. And I want to start with something that I thought was really awesome that I heard you say while we were out doing things. And one of the things you said was, this is a community unlike anything that anyone else has. That's one thing that I loved about this year is that I finally started to like appreciate the people that were around me. And I noticed that I didn't really have anywhere else like school or sports or any other activities that I'm in where I really have the community that we had in the production team. Yeah, it it is pretty special. So let's talk about this special thing. And I think that even though we got there on Saturday to get started a week in advance, Sunday is when we started having a little bit of fun because that is when we got the mules and the XD pros. These are, these are like basically golf carts on steroids or really like, off-roading vehicles transport vehicles is probably closer yeah probably there are all sorts of everything yeah and you know we had to pick which ones we were going to have so why don't you tell us how we picked which of these vehicles we were going to to take on we picked the biggest fastest ones we could find and the way we found out which one was the fastest was naturally we went on a drag race yeah we did yep it was pretty spectacular Yeah, it was Jeremy's idea. You know, he said, pick which ones you want. Then he said, now we got to line them up and drag race them. Yep. I mean, it's the natural course of action. What else would we do with them? So we got all lined up. 
We slam on the gas, and I won. You won the second one. I won both of them. I don't know what you're talking about. I think Nathan had the first one. Nah, I beat Nathan. But then Nathan and I switched. And then you definitely beat Nathan. Yeah, and then I beat the trash out of him. So, you know, so we found out which ones were the fastest. And the one that I got was white, and it had four doors to it, but you could get rid of a couple of the doors and the the little truck bed, and you could make it like a long truck bed. So it was almost like it went from a Ford Ranger to a Chevy El Camino. And that's what we called it the rest of the week. Yeah, we did, which was really cool. And it was funny because I was talking about the El Camino to Jeremy, and then Jeremy said, because he had the exact same vehicle, he goes, oh, yeah, there's this YouTuber who has that or whatever, and he's got a mullet. And then all of a sudden you saw the light bulb go off in Jeremy's head. He went, well, mine will be called the mullet then. Business up front, party in the back. Darn right. It's so good. So very good. This is a perfect nickname for that vehicle. Mm-hmm. I mean, vehicles are one of our favorite parts about the whole event. And it is. They're just, oh, they're so awesome. Speaking of which, you are 15 years old. Yep. Getting ready to drive. And because there's not a lot of people around the festival at this point, we went ahead and let you learn how to drive a little. Yep, which was super fun, and I was a little bit of a speed demon. <laughs> Coincidentally, we watched Talladega Nights in the yeah, hotel. <laughs> and the number one lesson that I learned from that is I want to go fast. Yeah, that's it's not the lesson you're supposed to get. But it's the lesson I did. Eight pound... Six ounce baby Jesus would be so upset with you right now. <laughs> so it was fun. And actually, you weren't too bad of a speed demon. You just had to learn how to take corners and realize that you're not supposed to go that fast on a corner. And you know what? Nobody got hurt. So we're fine. I think that I didn't do that bad of a job. But I was also driving. So... I was anticipating a little bit, whereas you and the others Mm -hmm. were kind of being thrown around a little bit. Maybe a little. Just a little. That's the reason why nobody sits in the truck bed. Just everybody gets in the vehicle, seatbelt on, you know, doing our thing. Yeah, that got shut down pretty fast. Yeah. Okay, now, this is another thing that we need to do. And and people might be like, why are you talking about this stuff on this podcast? I want to hear about guitars. That's what I want to do. This is a guitar podcast. But this actually is really threefold. The reason why we have this podcast is, number one, because we want to give some content for people who are like, "Eh, I want to hear a story. I want to hear about a music festival. I want to hear about Life Fest. Number two, the reason why is because I want the nostalgia. I want to remember these memories. And so this is a cool way of being able to get things in real time and preserving some of these memories. But number three is what we've done the last couple of years. And that is on the way to Life Fest, we listen to the podcast to remind ourselves what happened the year before. Yeah. Heading back to the hotel listening to the podcast it took us two trips because that was a very chaotic year and we had a lot of things to talk about that year it was you know one of the things we'll bring it up again was you know we go okay google play i will survive by gloria Gaynor," and then all of a sudden next thing you know you've got marvin Gaye's let's get it on going on instead so it, it, it was really funny and we had to be reminded of that and we just we had a lot of fun It's not just that we got to drag race these vehicles. It's not just cool that you got to drive it. It's not just cool that we listened to the podcast, but I was also the keeper of the keys. 
he had a very important responsibility. That's true. And it was actually probably a good thing that I was the keeper of the keys because people kept locking their keys inside their vehicles. So first it starts out with Max Brown in Illinois getting ready to show up. Like he's going, okay, I'm going to get all my stuff, put it together, and I'm going to head to Life Fest. And then he calls me and says, so I locked my key in my car. In his Mini Cooper. In his Mini Cooper, which, by the way, my El Camino, the gigantic, like, mule by Kawasaki, is bigger than his Mini Cooper. It was so funny. It's it on awesome. the Instagram, the Tweed Couch Instagram, if yeah, you want to go see it. It's spectacular. Yeah, and I remember him saying... Yeah, I, I just, I got to wait for a locksmith to show up. We might have to break the window, whatever. And I said, well, is Morgan, which is his wife, it's like, so is Morgan going to be coming home anytime soon? And he said, well, she doesn't have her key. It's like, okay, well, where is it? He said, it's in the back seat of the car. He locked both of his keys yeah. in his Mini Cooper. And I was like, I thought you couldn't lock keys in a vehicle anymore. And he was like, I did too. And then it happened. Yeah. yeah. So he was a little bit late, but that wasn't the only time that we had issues with the keys because later that day, without Max, because he was still in Illinois and we're in Wisconsin, we're trying to like get stuff done and I'm the keeper of the keys. So I drive, I move things, I put the key in my pocket, everything's good to go. Somebody else says, you know what, I'll back it up. I'm like, okay, give them the key. They backed it up and they said, we're just getting ready to leave, right? Like we don't need to carry the keys around with us. And I said, well, yeah, we're just getting ready to leave. So he rolls down the window, leaves the keys just right there in the ignition. We go and we start talking. And Jeremy walks over to the truck, rolls up the window, locks the door, and shuts it. And that led to the next 45 minutes. Yeah. And what we did for the next 45 minutes was break into an old Ford truck. Yep. It was an adventure. I it learned a lot. It was amazing. Yeah, there you go. You know, if there's one thing you want to pass down to your children, it is a little bit of B&E, um, you know, how to how to break into a vehicle. Next year, we'll work on hot wiring. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Can't mm-hmm. wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. <sighs> so that's pretty much Sunday. It was a good time. We had a lot of fun. And then we got up in the morning And on Monday, we had to do a bunch of different things. Like, one of them was we had to go, like, set up the cafe stage, and we had to go get campers and set up campers. Max finally shows up. In all of his bearded glory. Oh, that little leprechaun. So nice. And then we get Swags this year, which he was pretty awesome, too. Nice to have him. Steven Wagner. Yeah. That was a very good addition to the team. He's been here every once in a while, but this year... He really did a good job fluffing around, bouncing from stage to stage. Yes, that's exactly right. Hopping from stage to stage because we're bunnies. Hopping. Another cool thing, you got a radio. I did get a radio. And the best part about having the radio was this year we got our very own bros, bras, and peeping toms. Yes. Okay. So people have an idea of what this actually is. Is Basically, it's a a radio harness that you wear on your chest, but it only goes off on one side. So I heard people calling it a bra and I was like, bra, 
we can't call it a bra because we're dudes. So then they started calling him bros. And I went, that's funny. But it only covers up like half your chest. So then I started calling them peeping toms. Yeah. There were so many names that we could have given that. Yeah. But this is what we have. So we had our little radio bikinis and we wore those things and it was a lot of fun. So tell me about the responsibility of having a radio. You know, the first thing that somebody said when I got my radio, it was Canadian Ben. He said, now you have responsibility. People will start asking you to do things. Kind of sucks. Yeah. And did you find that to be true? I found it to be very true. I did not get any calls because I didn't have my own mule. I didn't have my own El Camino. But I did get asked to do a lot more things because I looked more responsible. Yes. Yes. It it probably also helps that you look older than you actually are, too. So, Yeah. Being 6'1 kind of does that. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Another thing that was – and, you know, speaking of – extra little responsibilities. I remember that we were setting up stages and we were getting things put together and we had to build these camera risers. Now, last year, when we built the camera risers, I went, I'm sick of reinventing the wheel every year. I'm going to label these things so that it's really easy for us to know where things go and what goes where and everything. So this year, I see them sitting there on the rack. Everything's ready to be put together. And I got called to go somewhere else, and I pointed at you, and I said, build the camera risers. And you said, how am I supposed to build these things? Like, I don't get it. And I said, it's labeled. Figure it out. I expect it to be done by the time I get back. And you know what? I timed myself. I grabbed uh, two of the other baby bunnies, Mm -hmm. Nathan and Joshua, Mm -hmm. and we got that thing built in 11 minutes and 35 seconds. Yep. And, you know, the cool thing was, is when I was coming back, it was about 11 minutes and 55 seconds when I came back and you were like, it's done. I was like, what? And it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Immaculate. And then we did the traditional annual camera riser run where we take the camera risers from Kid Zone and we drive them on the back of a truck, on the back of a mule on the back of uh, something that can carry them Mm -hmm. all the way to the grandstand. And they have me and Nathan sit back there securing them as our our own personal ratchet straps. And I have a picture of that from the last four years. Yep. Every single year. OSHA approved. It's amazing. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So we had a good time on Monday. Lots of good things happened. We, you know, made some stages. We got some things put together. But then we got to Tuesday. And I want to make sure that we keep moving things along. We're about 15 minutes into this. And, you know, we haven't even hit the actual festival itself yet. So let's talk about Tuesday. We set more campers up, which that's not amazing. But you got to drive around the El Camino pretty much all day because I had to be in the actual truck, the King Ranch you know, moving around trailers and doing all of that. And you got better at slowing at turns. I got a lot better. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I would say that I was not quite a professional, Uh but I definitely deserved my license. Oh, okay. So if you were doing your driver's test, you would have nailed it. Yes. I think. (laughs) I didn't really do. I love certainty. Yep. I didn't park it a whole lot, but when I did, 
I did a very good job, I mm-hmm. think. <laughs> nice. We also built G3 that day, which the term G3 means God, Games, and Geekery, and it's basically a video game station. Yep, Lem's little hideaway in the middle of a hay barn. Yeah, his fortress of solitude. Yep. Also, we started hitting some outlets. You know, there's a little bit of shopping that got done that day. We went to the Nike outlet, went to the Under Armour outlet, got ourselves some Jordans. Yep. You know, I should probably post like the Jordans and stuff on on the, on the socials, on yep. the Instabook, on the Faceagram. Gosh, that's very young of you. Yeah, look at me. I'm I'm so hip, popular. <laughs> well, you know, I got like eleven pair of them. You know, but I only ever buy them when I find them on sale. Like. Under a hundred dollars, so it's amazing know. the kind of deals that you can get in the northern outlets. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Now, with the last little bit of what happened on Tuesday, you know, of course, keys were a little bit of a theme early on because Lynn, which is Thomas's wife, the woman that I end up playing mandolin and and electric guitar and acoustic guitar with. Uh, I didn't tell you this, but she actually ended up locking her keys in the truck. I feel like I heard something about this, but that got dropped real quick. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay because Thomas was there. He had his keys. We got those things unlocked. And we also had another little issue, and this issue was Brian Wallace, who does warrior training. It's actually really cool. He has this gigantic like bow and arrow thing thing and trebuchet i don't know he has much stuff but they do warrior training basically the armor of god type thing and and teaching spiritual warfare while basically beating each other with stores it's really fun you should try it if you ever come to life that's yeah it actually is really cool it was really cool we lost his keys to his trailer and when i say we i mean jeremy yep he sent me and nathan to go and make sure that they weren't in a magnetic lockbox under the trailer which i don't know how that would necessarily work yeah because the trailer was only four inches off the ground but Mm -hmm. we went and checked either way and they were not there okay okay yeah i later i found out that as i was the keeper of the keys and they just kept handing me keys i did have them at one point and i saw them and i was like i don't know what these keys are for and john the festival director the drummer, he's been on the Tweed Couch before. Lefty. He said, I think those go to a certain lock, and I went, perfect. And I gave it to Thomas. Thomas gave it to Ben. So we blame Canada. Yep. Wildfires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those Canadians. I know. I know. Full of trouble. It was the first time I've seen him since the Queen Mother died, so I did... Uh, show our remorse, show yeah. our regrets. Yes. You know... We are with you. It was a tough time. Yeah. I mean, the queen did amazing for a long time, so... Very long time. Well, there was something else that happened. Of course, shenanigans are not new to our group. Sometimes shenanigans happen. Most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. And in this case, we decided to do this, and when I say we, I mean Jeremy, with trail cameras. Ah, the trail cameras. Yes, That was 
an adventure that took us all over the campground, all over the stages, up ladders, up yes. light poles, mm-hmm. everywhere that you could imagine. And, you know, the thing with trail cameras is the reason why they get used is we actually put them at the stages. It's a good way of seeing how popular a band was at the stage. It does a little time lapse of of taking pictures. That's essentially what it's doing. It allows for a band who goes, man, we had like 600 people at our show. Well, the trail camera says you had 12 people and they showed up like halfway through the set and then left before the end. So, you know, it, it, it's a good way of being a checks and balances. So we like that. But another thing is, is it gives us a lot of cool views. It gets a chance to to see what's going on at the stages after the event is over with. So I like the trail cameras. And on Wednesday, we have to set those. But we also had other things to do, too. So we ended up finally getting it done on Thursday. And when we did, I took the empty case and I stuck it in the back of Jeremy's truck. Because I was like, we don't need this case. I'm just going to put it here. Because it's his his case, his idea. Right. Well, it, it's it's not necessarily his. It's life promotions. But he was the one that says, we need to set this up. And I went, well, I'll just store it right here. To which he decided that he needed to store it in the back of my El Camino. Yep. So naturally, we wanted to give it back to him. We wanted to be nice. That's you know? exactly right. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, it wasn't a competition. Yeah. No. So then I stored it in the back seat of the mullet, which is his mule. Yeah, which naturally he wanted to be nice too. Yeah. So after he has gotten it back to me, I have decided that I am going to just gaff tape it to the headache rack, to the, the back part of his mullet. And so I, I just gaff it on there. It ends up falling off. It makes a horrible noise that actually made it better for me. And later, he decided he was going to gaff it to where the rear view mirror would be. Yep, which was more like a handle. But the only thing was, it wasn't just gaff. He also decided to put in a little bit extra security, some zip ties. Yes. Under the gaff, where we couldn't see them. Yeah, it, it was a huge hazard. So you couldn't just pull it down. I had to get out the knife and go ahead and rip that thing apart. And that was not awesome. But I figured that there was really only one way to one-up that. And so what I decided to do was I grabbed some gaff tape, and I grabbed some zip ties, and I grabbed a ratchet strap. A camo ratchet strap. So he couldn't see it. It's invisible. And the funny part is, is that the ratchet strap was his. So that made it even better. It was his ratchet strap. And what I did was I ratcheted it to his mule to his mullet and I gaffed it together and I zip tied through and I intertwined it so that the case that had the trail cameras sat in a place to where every time he got into the vehicle, he would have to do some sort of like a Catherine Zeta Jones entrapment thing, getting through the lasers and bending in order to get in there. And Jeremy is not a small human. He is not a small human. He's a Sasquatch. So the thing is, is that it didn't take long before he was like, man, this ain't going to happen. So he tried to get it undone. And that's when he realized that there was so many zip ties. He couldn't beat us. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the best part was is later I saw him and I was like, hey, Jeremy, um, have you seen my ratchet strap? I'm kind of missing it. 
and <laughs> he thought it was hilarious. Yeah, so funny that he, he never gave it back to me. Uh, <laughs> shenanigans. All right. I love the shenanigans. Well, there were other things that happened also on Wednesday, and that was the Transformer came. And so the SL100 is basically a semi-truck that opens up into a stage. And you got to set up the Transformer. That was an adventure in its own. It was not easy to set up. There were a lot of heavy components that Mm -hmm. also ended up giving me a few scratches, a few bruises, because it's fast, hard, heavy work. So I'm also not great with heights and not being in control. So Mm -hmm. being on top of a not fully set trailer didn't really help me with that. (laughs) Yeah. A little rickety, but you know what? You overcame your fears. Yep. This is therapy. All right. That's good. On the couch. Even when I'm at LifeFest. Yeah, I know. And, you know, you got to do other things, too. So not only did you learn how to set up this really cool industrial stage that basically opens up like a transformer, but you also got to run lifts, which lifts are these cranks that send up truss with lighting and banners, banners and speakers and all these different things on there. And that was pretty cool because you'd never done it before. And if you are out of sync, bad things happen. Very bad things. If you don't know how to pull pins and undo brakes, bad things happen. Very bad things. And bad things did not happen. Yep. It was not as complicated as I thought it was going to be. It was hard to do, but it wasn't necessarily complicated. So it took me a couple of minutes to figure out when to pull the pin, how to shout out what pin you're on, how to make sure that you're level with everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it was enlightening. Yeah, it was an experience worth learning. A very good experience. So let's go ahead and let's go to Thursday. And when we talk about Thursday, I think one of the things that has to be mentioned is that LifeFest hates TVs. Oh my gosh, especially the festival director. John (laughs) hates TVs. TVs. No, he loves TVs. He hates having to buy new TVs because we keep breaking them. Which happens once or twice a year. Yeah, it it happens a lot. And basically what happens is we grab the TVs, we transport them to the festival, we put them up, and then we use them. But the thing is, is it's in the transport. It's only about a 25-minute drive. But all it takes is one bump. Yeah. And then it's all over. Yeah, it's all done. Then you're pretty much like, oh, crud. And TV's broke. So we get there. Everything got transported pretty well. And actually, when you looked at the TV, you wouldn't have guessed that it was broken. It was pretty solid. But once we turned it on and connected it to what we needed to connect it to, it ended up having... A big dead zone in the bottom where there was yeah. just the static and the colorful lights that you don't want to see on your TV. Yeah, it was really, really bad. So Owen and I had to go buy a TV, and we ended up getting like a 55-inch TV for like 250 bucks. which I was like, you can get 
55 inch TVs for 250 bucks. Like this is awesome. Yes. So we got that. And as we were driving back, I remember justifying it to you going, okay, so if you really think about this, $250, like if you have a thousand people go in there, like it's like 25 cents a person. I mean, when you really start to justify it, 25 cents of each person's ticket that walked into there went to this TV. So, I mean, it's almost like a free TV. Basically, (laughs) kind of. I know John listens to this and he's going to be like, nope, not a free TV. Not a free TV at all. He does not comply with our logic. (laughs) Yeah. We also learned on Thursday that solar sucks. Yep. We tried running a stage off of solar power and they didn't have everything tweaked just right, and we started to brown out and cause some issues. We had this issue last year when we tried using it on the cafe. So this isn't the first time, but I will say this. To the credit of Sunbelt who and Faith Technologies, who were like, we can make this happen. This is going to work. It's going to be brilliant. By the end of the festival, it was actually pretty decent. Yep, it started to work out pretty well. After the few complications that we had. More than a few, but yes. Yeah. Our leprechaun was really mad. Yeah, he was. And he was just a lighting guy. (laughs) Well, he needs power, so that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. But let's go ahead and let's talk about a few of the artists that were there. Because that night, Corey Asbury playing for probably the most we've ever had on a Thursday. It was amazing. The crowd was so big and when he got off stage he was just going up to fans talking to him going up to volunteers talking Mm -hmm. to him uh my little brother ended up getting to talk to him a little bit and uh, it was super cool i mean you really look at that kind of guitar player and that type of musician and you go wow they're so human like when you're looking at him playing in front of a 20,000 person crowd on a Thursday. Yeah. You see him playing this big guitar and singing all these songs. You really like start to not imagine them as a human being, but mm. as a performer or a, or as a celebrity. Yeah. I mean, he came off and the first thing that he did was he went and played a game of cornhole with his band. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Yeah, he was great. Now, you could tell that he just loved what he was doing. You know, he's dancing on stage and having a good time and smiling and just happy to be there. And he opened up for Casting Crowns. And Casting Crowns, I didn't even realize this, but they've been around for 20 years. It was amazing to listen to their story because they have such a cool background. They started out as youth pastors who wanted to make some music for their youth group. And uh, eventually the youth group was like, wow, these are some amazing songs. We want you to make a CD so that we can listen to these. And uh, they made a CD. They gave them to all the people in the youth group. And uh, one of those kids just happened to go to a basketball camp or some sort of sports camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark Miller from Sawyer Brown ended up being there. So the kid goes, I think you're important hang on, let me get this CD from my youth pastor. So, (laughs) you know, Mark Miller, he's just, sure, why not? The kid gets him his CD, and Mark Miller happens to be taking a road trip 
with a little known name known as Stephen Curtis Chapman. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, they were just taking a road trip. Mark Miller pulls out the CD. He goes, you know what? Why not? We have plenty of time. So he listens to these songs, and he ends up calling Casting Crowns and goes, this music is amazing. We want people to hear this. So they were interested in making a record label, making a record company, and they wanted Casting Crowns to be the first band that they recorded with. And yeah. that's just amazing. Like, being part of my youth group and being part of my youth group band, that's, like, so inspiring to me. Yeah. That just some random youth group yeah. got their youth pastor mm-hmm. performing in front of uh, 20,000 people. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're Grammy winners. They're Dove winners. They are platinum album sellers. I mean, it's amazing what Casting Crowns has done in the amount of time that they've been going, the 20 years. But what I also find great is how human they are. Because in that, they decided to sing a song that they wrote 20 years ago. You know, East is from the West. And it's just this beautiful song. And he got to the third verse, and he couldn't remember the words so he just stuck his microphone out to the crowd and went, I don't remember this lyric. I know it's great, but y'all seem to know it. Yep. And he just stuck the mic out and I went, oh, I love it. I love it. It's perfect. You know, how many times have we have we seen bands that use tracks and do all these like special effects and light shows and, and everything? And then you have someone like Corey Asbury and someone like casting crowns show up and they basically are like yeah we're pretty much like a rock pop band and it was amazing it was amazing unloading their trailer i saw the stage crew unloading their trailer it was mostly musical equipment like there wasn't a ton of lights there wasn't a ton of truss there wasn't a ton of soundboards light Mm -hmm. boards it was just one soundboard one light board maybe a smoke machine yeah. and a bunch of drum, keyboard, guitar equipment. Yep. It was a lot of just, yeah, we play our instruments. Yep. And then about, oh, I don't know, 15 feet stacked all the way up to the ceiling of merch. Yep. To sell. <laughs> Which we ended up having to use a whole box truck. Yes. For. Yes, we did. It was amazing. So as Thursday came to a close, there was a little bit of interesting things that happened, some shenanigans once again, that is worth mentioning, because as you were getting ready to go to bed, all tired, you were actually staying in the same camper as Canadian Bend. I I don't know if he works off the same time zone that we do. I know that they have like a different system, like a metric system. Maybe they have metric time. Yeah, I kept asking him for the conversions, and you just... Wouldn't give them to me. No, it was really it rude, rude. Yeah. Didn't know what that was about. But as you were coming in, you ended up breaking his mug. Yeah, I was really, really sorry about that. Because, you know, my backpack coming back from the shower trailer, it was really big. And uh, the mug was on the side of the counter. So. And you woke him up, didn't you? Technically, he wasn't asleep. Okay. So <laughs> at least it wasn't 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. But. He came out in his hair towel and uh, <laughs> athletic shorts, and he was I just, just imagine a turban. 
That's yep. what I'm imagining. It was pretty close to a <laughs> turban. It was it's not a shower sight to cap. see. Nope, it wasn't a shower cap, <laughs> but it was a towel wrapped around his head. He looked like a mummy. <laughs> And then later that night, you know, and he's all like, is everybody okay? Okay, I'm going back to bed. And then later that night, all of a sudden, Nathan falls out of the bed. It was and crazy. he's on the top bunk. He was on the top bunk. I was on the bottom bunk. He says that he had a bad dream. He woke up, and the bunks are not very big, so he saw that he was in an enclosed space. So he screamed, and he went to roll over to get out, but he forgot that he was on the top bunk. So he ended up... <laughs> flailing his way down to the floor and i think the scream woke me up enough to where i could see it because i saw some dark silhouette (laughs) falling and a massive thud so canadian ben being the nice guy that he is comes out of his room and he comes in he goes is everybody okay yeah okay bye (laughs) and he goes straight back to bed nathan is laying on the floor half awake half asleep and he's just what's happening what's 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 happening what's happening i don't know where i am so josh wakes up me and him are making fun of nathan as he gets up to the top bunk again and um yep that was the story of how nathan got his first head trauma (laughs) First concussion. That's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, that probably brings us to Friday. And this is where things get to be a little bit more fun for me because I'm now able to start playing because I enjoy being able to show up and put all these things together and bring my family. But I'm a musician at heart. I love being able to play. And on Friday, I got to play on the cafe stage with Echelon which is Lloyd's band. And we've had Lloyd on here before and he played a JCM 900 half stack and I played an AC 15 C one. And it was really great. It was complimenting tone. Yep. The mix was perfect. I heard a, a good amount of you, a good amount of Lloyd, a good amount of the flute that they brought, a good amount of the saxophone that they brought. Yeah, It was amazing. Yeah, it was just a great time. And I also got to play with Lynn, which was great, too, because I I love being able to play mandolin with Lynn on the Prayer Journey stage because it's it's an open stage. You know, Cafe is under a big tent. It's very long. But on the Prayer Journey, it's more of an open stage. You do have a little bit of a tent over you, but everyone else is on the outside. And the sun's shining on them. And honestly, it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun. I had more fun this year playing Prayer Journey with Lynn than I've had in previous years. And it's been great other years. I don't know what it was. It's just something special. I think that it was amazing where we put it this year. And uh, the amount of shaded area that we had versus non-shaded area. Mm -hmm. And the amount of space that we had for people to sit. And while it was next to the road, people would stop by, start clapping along. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Now, that's the playing stuff. And the playing was great. And I'll talk a little bit more about playing after the break. Because I got to play on the grandstand with Echelon. Got to go down the thrust. You know what? I'm going to have to have Lloyd on. 
and we, I will talk to Lloyd about playing big stages. Actually, a good idea. You know what? I'm going to have a podcast with Lloyd. This will be the next one. And what it's going to be on is big stages and small stages. What's the difference in playing the two? Yep. Other than the people. Gosh, that's, well, other than the amount of people and the amount of surface area. Like, what, what do you think? So that'll be a good one. That'll be the next one. All right, let's go ahead and let's take a break for our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about Saturday, which is super fun. Sunday, which is getting everything all loaded up. Let's hear a word from our sponsors. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Here's another sponsor. Are you wanting to join a party with a purpose? If you love music and camping, then come to LifeFest in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'll see you there. Here's our last sponsor. Since 2003, the Kretzman Guitar Company has been repairing and building guitars. In 2021, Kretzman started a production of a solid body electric guitar for anyone student to expert. You can check them out at kretzmanguitars.com. Now, as much as I love being able to help set up the festival, I love being an artist more. So when I get to do that, I'm on cloud nine. It's awesome. But when I get done, get done talking to people, doing some relational things, getting to know people, you know, I got to get back to work. And one of the things that we had to do is we had to get the snake for Ann Wilson's band. And before anybody is like, a reptile? You had to get a reptile. No, the snake is the part that you you plug all of the cables into basically one end, and then they run this long cable that goes then to the soundboard 400 feet away. You know, that's the whole idea. Well, we had to get that snake back. So, you know, I mean, it was difficult. We had to climb under the stage, under the thrust. Yep, do a little duck walk. Yeah. And we got there and, you know, got Max who's pulling, you know, so you got a leprechaun searching for his pot of gold. And then yep. you've got you underneath the thrust and you're pulling. And then I'm over on the subs trying to pull. And all this is happening while a speaker is talking. You know, it was really weird to be under the thrust and have uh, footsteps above me, like right above me. <laughs> so... That was probably one of the best forearm workouts I have ever had. Yep. And Mm -hmm. now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure that we've pulled that snake for the past, like, four or five years in a row. Yeah, it may not have been Ann Wilson's band. It might have been another band that we had to do this for. But, yes, we are continually having to get out in front of basically 20-some thousand people and be not noticed doing something that is labor intensive through some of them. It's very difficult, especially since I have platinum blonde hair to (laughs) not be noticed in all of my gorgeousness, you know? Uh, Yes. Yes. You're so pretty, (laughs) but it is, it is difficult, but we did a pretty good job with it and we got that thing done. Another thing that was pretty awesome that night was Matthew West played. And, you know, let's talk about Matthew West and the Cheese Curds, which, by the way, that is an excellent band name. He should do that. That should be his rapper name. Ooh, the Cheese Curds? Just Cheese Curd. Just Cheese Curd. C-H-E-E-Z 
K U R D. Cheese curd. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Cheese curd. Yep, very Wisconsin. Here's the behind the scenes a little bit. So Matthew West is getting ready to go on. For those that don't know who Matthew West is, you should listen to his music. It's fantastic. He is getting ready to go on. He's got about, I don't know, 25, maybe 30,000 people out in front of him. This is a big night for us. Very big night. And he all of a sudden, about 30 minutes before he goes on, says, I need cheese curds to throw into the audience. Now, at that point, we're very confused. Yes. We don't really know what's going on. And Susan, who is Jim's wife, Jim is the stage manager for the grandstand, for the main stage. He talks to Susan, who is in charge of artist relations for different things, and says, yeah, Matthew West wants cheese curds. And she said, I'll see what I can do. And she ended up coming up with like eight buckets of cheese curds. Greasy cheese curds. Fried cheese curds. And at a certain point, Matthew West decides he wants to feed the people. Yep. Give back to the people of Wisconsin. Yep. And what better way to do that than throw cheese at them? Yeah, you know, that puts everybody in good graces. I'm pretty sure had there been cheese curds, fried cheese curds in the Bible, it would have been two fish, five loaves, and a bucket of cheese curds that fed the 5,000. Yep. The cheese curds would have kept coming. Yeah, it would have been amazing. But he throws those things out, which was, I don't know, that that's pretty funny. It was pretty funny. And uh, later that night, the leftover bucket of cheese curds that they just forgot on the side of the stage, Canadian Ben happened to find them. <laughs> he went to town. He had that entire bucket. And the entire time, he was so like, gross. man, that porta potty is going to have the time of his life later. <laughs> And he kept eating him, and it was not great for his heart, but no, he enjoyed it. So, I mean, their air quality sucks right now, too. So, yeah, that's true. He's probably not doing any favors to himself up there either. Yeah. Now, the last thing that ended up happening on Friday at night that I'm going to go ahead and bring up is we had to go back to the office to get a system for just something random outside of the festival. Basically there was another system that got rented out by somebody else and we needed to put it together and we had to put it in the jankiest of trailers ever. I have deemed it the sketchy trailer. Yes. And it is super sketchy because it didn't have a license plate, which evidently in Wisconsin, because of the size it was, it didn't need one. I didn't know that. You learn something new every day. Yeah. It's, also had a bottom that you could see through to the road and if you stepped on it wrong the front of the trailer would start talking and start (laughs) separating yes it had like a mouth it it was like one of the uh characters from cars yeah it was really interesting and when you plugged in the trailer lights they didn't work yeah that was interesting so we have no license plate no lights. Everything is so rusted that, I mean, the hatches on the back are pretty much rusted off. Yeah, and you know, and really the thing is, is that the system that we had to put in there, I would say each of those audio boxes that went in there had to have been at minimum like 180 pounds. Oh yeah, for minimum. sure. And then there's the subs, which have to be more. 
And I guess the smaller boxes might have been closer to like 80 pounds. But still, it is, it's super heavy. And we're putting this thing in there. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jesus, take the wheel. Yep. I mean, John, the festival director, told us that when we packed that trailer, we needed to ratchet strap it. Not to keep the system in, but to make sure that the walls didn't fall off. Yeah. Now, it, I will say that before anybody's like, well, that's unsafe, you shouldn't have driven that on the road. Honestly, we're exaggerating a little bit. It's It, it wasn't that bad, but it was, it was sketchy. Janky. It was sketchy, yes. So we ended up, we get we got it down there, and I remember pulling up, and I, I said, hey, I couldn't get the trailer lights to work. And Lucas, in his all-knowing powers, goes, yeah, they don't work. And then I said, there's also no license plate. And Jeremy, in his all-knowing power, says, it doesn't have one. And asks if there's any more questions. And I went, nope. Because at that point, I had many questions, but if the answer to how sketchy this trailer was... Was just that it was sketchy. Then I really just didn't need any more answers, so... Any more answers that we wanted. I I just didn't want to know at that point. Yeah, there was probably some sort of termite infestation in there, too. It was... Yeah, colony of carpenter ants... Something had to have been going on in that trailer that we don't know about. Need some rusties. Ka-chow. Ka-chow. All right, so let's go ahead and let's talk about Saturday, which I look at Saturday as actually a sad day. It's a very sad day. Because this is the day in which the festival is essentially closing. We got to get all the stuff back to the office. Yep, which... Granted, is not during the day. It's at night, but still, it's a very sad time when we have to pack up Kid Zone, pack up Prayer uh, Journey, Prayer Journey, pack up uh, some of Cafe and some of Edge and G3. all of Grandstand and G three. Yeah, a very sad day. So in that. There was some good things, like I got to play with Lynn again. Got to do some more um, playing some more mandolin with her out on Prayer Journey which I really enjoyed. But one of the coolest things that I got to do was I got to play on the grandstand, on the main stage with Lloyd and and Peter Eide and Echelon. Yep, and Echelon is one of those bands like Casting Crowns where they just play their instruments. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. Because, you know, you, you end up playing, and I put this on Instagram, you know, and, and on Facebook, and it, it just... It was so cool to be able to run out on the thrust and play. And it was so cool to be able to duel some guitars with Lloyd. And it was just excellent to be able to just turn up the amplifier. Yep. Let it be loud. Really let it rip. You know, I need to do a podcast on that too. Just call it Play It Loud. Yep. That's a perfect name. Yeah. Because, oh man, it was so good. And I decided to play... My 1973 Telecaster Custom. Which he also did on his YouTube channel. Yes, that's true. I did do that on my YouTube channel. And it is, oh man, it sounded so good. I threw it up on the neck and I played some and then I dropped it down to the bridge. And it it, honestly, it sounded great with Lloyd playing his Les Paul through a Marshall JCM 900. It's the perfect combination. 
Oh my gosh, it was it was so good. So I I played an AC30 with that Telecaster. He played a JCM900 with his Les Paul, and he basically had this chunky bottom end, and I had this bright high. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to have Lloyd come on. We're just gonna have to talk about it. Yeah, that's gonna be a very good podcast. And you know, if you had to guess. About how many people? Because we played earlier on the day, even though it is the grandstand, you know, a lot of people might be like, oh, well, how many people were there? Well, about 30, 35,000 people showed up that night, but during the day, there's going to be significantly less. So how, how many do you think were there? So I was out in the crowd because I was his uh, unprofessional, professional cameraman, mm-hmm. and uh, I will say that I had to dodge a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, just from the people that were in the standing up area, the pit, if you will, yeah, there were probably about two thousand, I'd say, because okay. there was a there was a pretty large crowd, and in the chairs there were probably another two thousand because there were okay. a lot of chairs. Yeah. So I'd say that you had a solid four. 5,000 maybe. Yeah, between the the standing area, the cherry area, and then, of course, the grandstand on the back. So, see, that's probably about right. And there might have been a few more at the end because I saw a lot of people show up once you started playing some of the well-known songs from Echelon. Yeah. There wasn't necessarily the Matthew West flood, but there was a little bit of a flood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was, oh man, it was so much fun. I mean, it, it's one of those things that, like, I got done with it, and I was like, okay, when's the next time we get to do this? It's just amazing. But, as mentioned before, you know, you get off the stage, and you go, all right, I'm off the stage, now I gotta get back to work. And something we had to do later on that day was we had to tear down G3, God Games Geekery, but the place was locked. So I had to teach you... Another little trick of how to deal with things without a key. That's exactly right. So, you know, this is this is the theme, keys, because we didn't have a key to get in there. So I had to show him how to break into an area with a credit card. Yep. So I learned a lot about b this year. <laughs> yes, you did. Breaking and entering. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you know what? That was a good quality skill. It didn't take long. No, it took almost no time at all i'm still learning a little bit about it not really (laughs) sure exactly what happened because it kind of just went yeah this is how you do this pull it out a credit card and just swiped it through and opened the door yeah but i mean it worked i got tons of practice that's not a good thing (laughs) well so i was a youth director at a church for a while Okay, well, that explains it then. And sometimes you didn't have your keys or somebody locked up when you went to go back, and you're like, well, now I need to get in there. And So next thing you know, you're... Anyway. Okay, so, uh, you know, so we're tearing down G3. We tear down Kid Zone. We're actually get to the point where we had to make some office runs, and we had to do some things, and we get back, and it is late. Jeremy says, you know what? We need two bunnies on Sunday morning, so how about we cut you guys early... You get some sleep, and you're the first people up, and you're taking care of things in the morning. And one of the things that still needed to be done that night was closing out Grandstand. Yeah, and uh, you were pretty done for the night. You were pretty tired because we got up really early. We did a lot of work throughout the day. You played on the Grandstand. So a lot of stuff happened that day. But I didn't do as much playing. I didn't do as much of that. 
So I was still ready to work. So I went to the camper. I got my sweatshirt because it was surprisingly cold for the middle of July. Yep. And uh, I went and helped Canadian Ben at the grandstand. So Toby Mac had played that night, which I heard it was a great show. We weren't there because we had to make a few trailer runs, which was really disappointing because he's such a good showman. But we ended up having to take down all of his rigs and everything that he did. So I helped take down the truss for the lights at first. Me and Canadian Ben had to move the bleachers for the side stage seats. Mm -hmm. That was not easy at all, but we got it. Eventually they were like, okay, you aren't quite strong enough yet to deal with the 200-pound truss to be able to carry that on your own with all of the light fixtures Mm -hmm. to the trailer. So they put me on stacking duty, Okay, which I was told by four of the leaders of the stage that I was the best stacker that they have ever had. Nice. So It's the whole Lego building. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Also, I've seen you stack the plates at the sink after you get done eating. I'm a master at that. Yeah, just leaving dirty dishes. You're awesome at it. Okay. (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) So, going on from that, Thomas had the forklift, and there was a bunch of the heavy cases and everything. So he'd lift it up, we'd get the wheels arranged, then he'd drop it, and then we would push it. One of the things that I found funny was we were stacking cases faster than they could load them. So we had probably 15 stacks of cases that hadn't been loaded yet, and we were running out of space on the deck. Yeah. We had to take a little break for that, and uh, I went over to see how Canadian Ben was doing and they had pretty much gotten everything that they needed to do. Nobody really wanted to go help out with the subs because the subs kind of suck because they're super heavy and it takes five people and you have to stack them inside the trailer. Oh yeah. And you have to get them on the trailer, which is like eight feet above you. Oh Mm -hmm. man, it's a mess. But somebody was kind enough to bring Jimmy John's. Oh. So we had a little bit of a 2 a.m. snack, and they told me, you have to be up super early. We have to get up at, like, 10, so we're good. You go finish stacking whatever you need to, and then go to bed. So I spent another 15 minutes stacking with Thomas and Bandit, who is another part of the stage crew. Yep. It was a lot of fun. So that brings us to Sunday morning, which we're the only two bunnies who are on at that point. And we're taking care of the Catholic Church's needs, and we're taking care of the general life fest church needs and and doing all that. But the thing that I want to bring up is we hit a point where we went, okay, this trailer is pretty much loaded. Let's go take that to Appleton, and then let's come back. And when we come back... We'll go ahead and get the rest of it loaded. And that's when I started hearing the phrase, we're not going to Mexico. It's funny that you say that because we had been saying that pretty much the entire week. 
because loading trailers was not the best. But again, we're not going to Mexico. Yeah. So the idea is is that you're trying to get a trailer loaded. You're making sure everything's secure. You're making sure everything is wrapped down and and is able to go without anything getting broken. But at the same time, when you unratchet it, you need to be able to unload it easily. And one of the statements that we heard from Lucas was he said, well, we're not going to Mexico. So just get the stuff in there and let's go take care of it. And that that's one of the things that we started doing. Well, sure enough, we get back and they say, hey, we're done. We've got everything loaded. And I went, but I just brought back this empty trailer that I put a few sticks of truss in and a few lifts in. And you don't need it? And they're like, nope, we've got everything. It all fits. It's like, okay, it all fits. And I remember hearing someone saying, well, we're not going to Mexico. Yeah, no big deal. Well, you don't know this, but I got a text from John a few days later. And he opened some of the trailers that got packed. And he's not happy. Because basically there was tens of thousands of dollars worth of gear that didn't get strapped down properly. And didn't get put in the right place. And oh, so, like, it, none of it got damaged. It all made it. Everything got there safe. But he was like, we had a trailer that was nearly empty. We had a box truck that was nearly empty. And then we have this overloaded trailer that's just like, what happened? And Jeremy texted back, well, we weren't going to Mexico. It's the perfect scenario. It's the perfect <laughs> saying. It's just like last year's Jump on the Squirrel. Yes. I think next year the motto is going to be, how about we pack it like we're going to Mexico? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that Lucas or Jeremy is going to be on board with that. I think they just kind of want to toss it in there and see what happens. Maybe. It's about the adventure. adventure. (laughs) That is definitely an adventure. (laughs) All right. So with that all said, I think that brings us to final thoughts. So, Owen, final thoughts on Life Fest 2023 Oshkosh, Wisconsin. What do you think? I think that this year was probably one of my best years because I had a radio, so I had more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And I got to drive around the El Camino, so I had Mm -hmm. to uh, be more responsible with that. And uh, this year, I kind of saw a lot of things, and I went, I know exactly what to do with that because I had spent the past four years setting those things up, and now I'm starting to remember everything. Last year, I was at Cafe. This year, I was running around. So whenever we went to Cafe, I knew exactly what they were doing. I knew exactly what they were using, and I knew exactly when they needed to do things. So I thought that it was super beneficial for me, and I feel like I knew a lot of things that I needed to know. So... I can't wait to get my own ranger, get my own mule, mule, El Camino, yep, or Mullet. the stormtrooper too. Mm-hmm. Well, final thoughts for me. I'm going to go back to where we started, and that is, you said there is no community like this, and I look at the community that we have of not just the Life Fest production team or the Life Fest green team or the life fest camping team or the life fest power solar team or the catering team yeah they were really good this year they had a few meals that just hit the spot yeah when i look at this community 
I realized that this is an important part. This is not just a festival. It's a family reunion. And I absolutely love that it's there. And then when the artists show up, and you've been seeing Casting Crowns showing up, and you've been seeing Toby Mac showing up, and you've got Matthew West that's there, and all of these bands, Echelon, Lynn Stone King, 100 White Flags, pretty soon you start to realize that this community is something that is special. And I'm glad that you're a part of it. I'm glad to be a part of it. And honestly, it is a blessing in life. So with all that said... Owen, thank you so much for being here on the couch to talk about Life Fest. And are you in for next year? Heck yeah, I'm in for next year. All right, then we'll see you there. Until next time. Until next time. Well, that concludes our time with the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at The Tweed Couch. And remember, you are your greatest asset. Until next time. Come on.